Hello, you're listening to Our Walk, the podcast that talks to real people with real stories about a real God. We split the podcast into three sections. The first one being the background. What was it like growing up? Any childhood stories? What were their families like? The next part is when they encountered God. Where were you? Were you a Christian at the time or was you very new to the whole church thing? And the last segment is, what's changed? What changed when you first encountered God? If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook, uh, the page is Our Walk, Twitter, at Our Walk Pod, and our email is ourwalkpod at gmail.com. And this week, we are talking to Richard. So, Richard. Hello. I like to think of you as a musical genius because you are the only person that I know that plays the is it the saxophone or the the trumpet? The trumpet. Luke, See, yes. I got it wrong. I love the trumpet. I love the yeah. trumpet. It's my favorite favorite thing when you do it. It's all like, boop, <laughs> well, something like I mean, not yeah. only that you play the keyboard, you sing, but you know, and I can tell you've got passion for music. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. 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 He's had an album out as well at some point, didn't he? Yeah, a couple of albums, yeah. 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 A couple of albums. Check it out. He might be our most famous person we're speaking to so far. (laughs) I very much doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) You're famous to me, Richard. Thank you, I appreciate that. (laughs) That's all that matters. (laughs) All right, Richard, Mm. let's start. Let's uh, go to the beginning. Yeah. What was your family life like? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up on the Isle of Wight. Um, We lived in a house that my parents still live in now, which is just at the foot of Carrisbrook Castle, so it's got a lovely view of a, you know, a really old castle from a thousand years ago. Wow. Um, I mean, the Isle of Wight is a fairly sort of, uh, well, Catherine would call it a backward place. I tend to think of it as being a beautiful, lovely place. That's um, that the pace of life is a bit slower than um, than the average. Um, but it, you know, it was a, it was a it was a nice place to be brought up. Certainly. Yeah, I've I've been there. Mm-hmm. I I can see where Catherine's coming from. <laughs> oh, I've not been there. Should I go there? Yeah, you should. It's a yeah, lovely place to right. go. Yeah, it's right. I went to uni in Portsmouth, so it was just a quick little ah, okay. jump on the hoverboard. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. So what 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 were your parents like? Siblings? Yeah. Um. So my mum and dad um were both Christians. My dad was a solicitor. Um. My mum, uh, you know, was a housewife, and then she got jobs as she you know as we got older. Um. I got an older sister. Uh, Joanne, Joanna, I've forgotten the name. <laughs> um, so there was the four of us in the family. Um, we, were, we were a fairly close-knit family. Um, we used to go to um, a uh, Church of England church as we were um, growing up. You know, I went to Sunday school there. Um, my sister and my dad still go to that church, actually. My mum's going to a different church now, but they, you know, it was, it was a good background and a good foundation for my life, really. So we lived in Casbury, we went to church in Newport, and it was a really good upbringing. I enjoyed, you know, going to church. I enjoyed going to school. You know, it was generally a pretty good sort of upbringing. It was a very good, you know, family environment. And, um, you know, I enjoyed all the things that kids used to like, you know, before the world of internet, of right. football and <clears throat> cycling and um, just hanging out, basically. And then, then computer games came along and I started getting into that as a sort of teenager and spent a lot of time doing that. But it was, you know, it was a great sort of upbringing, really. Mm. You might be the first person we spoke to that has had 
a very good upbringing. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, the rest of us have all been like, oh, you know, school yeah. was difficult and all that kind of thing. But it sounds like you had a good... I mean, there were moments of school where it was hard. You know, I think, you know, I used to get teased at school, which was never, you know, a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I enjoyed school. I liked playing, you know, in the in the school bands, you know, playing my trumpet and, you know, playing and singing and things and playing sports. So I used to like doing football, cricket and stuff like that. So it was always a good, a good environment. But yeah, my family were, were good. I mean, I was brought up um, in, a, in a really good Christian household. There was a lot of love in the family. Mm. Okay, so Richardson, I've got two questions for you now. Mm. One, um, how old were you when you started playing the trumpet? Yeah. <laughs> Important question. Yeah, you can, answer, you can answer that now and I'll get okay. to the second question. I was eight years old. Eight years old. Okay, yeah. cool. And the second question, you said that you were being teased uh, in mm. school a little bit. Was that anything to do with you being a Christian or was it just other like stuff that <clears throat> kids tease about? I have to say I wasn't really much of a, a, a Christian who would, you know, uh, be above the parapet in those days, I would say. You know, I oh, tended right. to keep it a little bit more to myself. Mm. Um, I think it's probably just because... I don't know. It's just you know, perhaps p- kids are kids were cruel in those days. There wasn't any anti-bullying things like there are now. They, yeah. Kids would say what they want. You know, I probably started putting on a bit of weight when I was getting to uh, eleven years old, and it probably you know people would tease you about that as well. You know, anything. Kids were were pretty cruel at times. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, why? Okay. Should we should we fast forward a little bit? Yeah, let's yeah. fast forward. So, so yeah. Te- should we go to your teenage years? Yeah. And then we'll fast forward to yeah. You know, you're the first married man we've spoken to, mm-hmm. so we have a bit further to go in this bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offence. <laughs> but teenager, teenage yeah. years, so you kind of touched on it, you started playing video games and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but... so I was playing video games. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I generally, you know, I think had a pretty good sort of teenage, um, teenage life. I certainly enjoyed it. I mean, I had those moments where I was, you know, spent a long time in my room listening to music, lying you know, on the bed. And I suppose, you know, there were times when I, you know, I, you know, you st- life wasn't always brilliant. I probably think it, oh yeah, it was great times, whatever. But there were times when I really was, you know, I used to get a bit, you know, get upset or whatever. And I suppose just going through those that hormone, you know, times really. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but I was part of the church youth group, and I think that was a really good foundation. But I think probably in those days, <clears throat> I used to enjoy. Um, going to the group because of the people, perhaps less so because of of God. Although it was pretty cool going on, you know, camps and actually singing great songs, or whatever. But my faith wasn't particularly deep in those days. It was much more about friendships and probably about girls as well, actually. So I had a few girlfriends who were part of that group, and that was just really a really sort of cool time in in my life, really. Cool. So. Th- uh, should we touch on education? Did yeah. you go to university or I college? Did. Or yes, I went to University of Essex and um, studied politics, which was really oh, good. Wow. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. No, 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 I, no. I think I did. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think one thing particularly about that was that I was. This is the first time that I was actually on my own, away from the family life. Now, if you can imagine being, um, I, I sort of felt that I was. I you know I was in my living my parents' faith up until I went to university. And when I was 18, suddenly I'm there off, you know, at uni. And, you know, I, I suppose at that time I wanted to start evangelising, but I wasn't particularly brilliant at sharing my faith, I have to say. I got into some very, very, um, you know, theoretical arguments with my flatmates at that time. And they would rip, you know, rip Christianity apart. You know, they, they argued well. One of the guys who who was, I was in a flat with, um, you know, he, he was good on philosophy and good on, you know, um, Einstein and all these other, um, uh, you know, 
discussions and things, and he would he would pull things apart. And I suppose I was the th I, what I learned in the later on in life was actually I was doing things in my own strength. I was trying to convince people on an argument basis, you know, and really trying to out argue them. And I'm I'm not the best in to, to be honest to argue, as Catherine would say. <laughs> you know, she wins most of our arguments, but. Um, you know, in in those days, I was doing it too much of my own strength, and and I suppose my faith was still quite immature in those days. Actually, you know, I would still enjoy you know going out and having lots of drinks as a as a student. I wouldn't, I wasn't into the the drug scene or anything else. And I still, you know, kept kept a separation, but mm. I wasn't living a a perfect life by any means in those days, and I wasn't really probably trying to honour God like I would you know now. Yeah, mm. um, you said that um, when you left to go to uni you were you know uh not sort of living with your like parents faith you sort of had to find your yeah. so I guess yeah. that's you know going to uni you become a bit more independent than what you usually are yeah. um so how, how did you sort of get back into that faith um you know th that you found your own faith was that just um persistence in going to church and praying and meeting with other Christians and stuff like that? Like, did you have other Christians at university to meet up? I mean, there was a Christian union there. So I think in the mm. first year I was there, um, you know, the, the Christian union was, was, was quite important to me in a way. And I, they used to sort of come and pick you up and take you off to church on a Sunday. And I did, I wanted to keep going to church every Sunday and I did. And I think that's probably kept me going really because uh, I think university actually, you know, is, is often a, a tricky time because sometimes oh, people yeah. just drop out of Christianity because they think oh, actually you know it's not it's not really for me anymore or I've, there's other things that are more important and actually I did keep going I was faithful in that sense and I kept going yeah. to church and I, I got something from it but I was probably a bit more of a you know once a week maybe twice a week sort of Christian in those days and um, I kept going I met up with some of the Christians you know socially as well you know, went for lunch and things with them every now and then and stuff, but it, it wasn't like a close thing. And I think then I probably got to the stage where I lived away, you know, when we lived in a house with some friends. Mm. Um, <clears throat> one of the guys was actually a Christian, so it was quite good. We kept the discussion going and, um, you know, I think I only once went to his church because he was a, a charismatic Pentecostal now, which, <laughs> right. which I look back on and think how, how ironic, given that I'm now in a, a charismatic church now. But in those days, it was obviously quite different for me then. Um, and I preferred to go to a church of England, which I was used to. Um, but I suppose really, it wasn't until I left university and um, I mean, I got married fairly soon after university. So Catherine and I, you know, I got married at 22. Right. So I was fairly new, moved to Reading here, um, got a job. Um, and we uh, we started going to um, uh, a United Reformed Church actually on the other side of Reading, um, but we found we didn't quite fit in there. They they just treated us because we we looked young, still like students. They just thought, oh, you're you're just students here, and we kept getting asked, you know, oh, how long have you been at the university here and whatever. So even though we'd been there for a you know probably a year or so, actually nobody really knew us, and we didn't really feel part of that church at that time. But we you know we then moved house over to this side of Reading. And we decided at that point, you know, we, we really wanted you know, our first proper married home. We thought it was time to find a church. And that's where we, we found a church at the top of our road, Argyle Community Church. And that was really the, the making of my, my sort of Christian journey because I found a church here that they, they really showed love to us. You know, we went on an Easter Sunday, people chatted to us, they were interested in us. They showed a lot of love and care um, and they really, really um, loved the Bible. And that's where I really got in. That's where my faith was lacking because I think as I grew up, I did, you know, I knew the the basic Bible stories, but not really get into the heart of the Bible, mm. where you know it back to front and you can actually, 
yeah, begin to really call on those those um, Bible verses as you're uh, going into different times of trouble. So we've been teetering on the edge. I yeah. think it's now to end part one. Okay. We've got a firm foundation. Yeah. Uh, but it's time to move into part two okay. and your encountering of God. Okay. Cool. So, Richard, we've just talked about, um, you know, your whole youth, you know, yep. your childhood, teenage years and uh, young adult's life. Um, we've gone to the point in part one where you said you went to Argyle Church and mm. that's where your faith sort of became a bit more, um, what's the word, a bit more... Sturdy. A more sturdy and something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, was there any moments after that, or even before that, where you fully encountered God? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I say, I say, you know, my my faith grew steadily, but I think I think one of the times that really challenged my faith more than any other time was when I was about thirty years old, and um, by that time I had a a young family. We had two children at that point, um, and I had quite a, a stressful job. I was um, working as a sort of manager for Nokia mobile phones in those days, right. and I used to have to travel to Finland. Um, probably uh, every other week at that time and sometimes there was trips over to the US and other parts of the world and I, I felt, I mean there was a few things actually, I mean firstly I, when I was on the planes and, and in hotels I found that God would, would um, really encounter me in those times so I would, um, I would, you know, he would speak to me when I'm on the plane on my own because I think it's probably, you know, I wasn't giving him enough time actually, right. you know, and so actually being away from home he could speak to me on the plane. He could speak to me during actually during the night when I'm I couldn't sleep in a, in a hotel room, and I would get out the Bible and start reading things, and it would really um, inspire me. And um, the other thing that also happened around that time was um, uh, I, I started getting the gift of songwriting. So that's that was quite a change for me, where I I felt really felt that my passion for God was growing, and then because I, I guess mixing that with a musical sort of ability, I was then able to to put that into songs. And so I started writing songs, and when I was going away from home particularly, that was a great time for writing songs. You know, some of the songs I wrote initially were on planes and things, where you were just there with God, um, it was very straightforward. But there was one particular time when, I, one of the trips I made to Finland, where I was feeling really, really rotten, really bad, and I was thinking, oh, you know, what, what's this all about, you know, is it just on fatigue sort of thing. And I came back and, um, you know, I started feeling you know, really quite unwell, and I went to the doctor's, and uh, the doctor said to me, you know, your, your blood tests are showing there's something quite unusual here, you know, sort of wrong. Mm. And I was feeling pretty dreadful. I mean, I had a couple of weeks signed off work and I went back to work after that and I was still feeling really dreadful. You know, I really was un very unwell. And I suppose at that time, you know, I start to really cry out to God, you know, what's going, what's going on here, God? You know, it's been a very smooth journey. And I, and I realised at that time that actually God is saying to me, that, you know, things are beginning to go out of, you know, you're, you're putting it too much in your own strength, you know, and you're lacking that sense of dependence on me. Mm. And so by starting, you know, maybe, you know, he wasn't the cause of it, I'm sure, in mm. terms of the, um, you know, my health deteriorating, but I think he allowed that to, to happen to me in order that, um, you know, I would, I would, I could go one way or the other. I could go away and say, God, you know, that's awful. I'm going to turn away from you. But actually, it drew me closer to Him, mm -hmm. and um, I, I suddenly built a really strong dependence on Him. So, for for many years, um, I, I, you know, it turned out that after about five months, I was diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia, 
Fine. Um, and <clears throat> I actually wasn't too bothered about it, maybe because I was younger, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you weren't bothered I wasn't about too bothered. I, I, I suppose I was already beginning to trust God that actually I, I could go through this with him. I, I hadn't been counted anything quite like that before, but I knew that, you know, he was a God I could depend on. And I was still sort of, I still feel, you know, at that time I was in a learning phase, mm. but I, I really felt I could depend on him. So there was a, you know, five months of not knowing what was wrong with you it was a long time. They had to do lots of blood tests and eventually they found out what was wrong. And I didn't need any treatment, but it basically was an illness where my immune system was 50% of what it should be. So every time something came along, I was, I was getting ill. So I had a lot of times really sort of feeling quite unwell, um, really sort of, um, you know, challenged, I think, physically and emotionally, I think, as well at that time. Mm. But God was good. And, you know, people were praying for me regularly. I was praying. Um, and I think that prayer just really, you know, really worked because I, over time, I started to get better and better. Um, we're talking now back in probably... 2007 now where I'm right. um, starting to make progress and the doctor sort of looks at the, 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 the figures here and says you know well you've not had any treatment so this is not what I expect you know and I'm saying well you know people are praying for me and he goes yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's sort <laughs> as of as doctors do as doctors yeah. do yeah. you know very sort of very sort of cynical but I knew in my own own part of mind that actually God was starting to, to really work through that um, long story short you know I kept kept on going you know, at this sort of reduced rate for a little bit of time, but but actually, then the immune system got better, um, so the you know I was actually back to a, a normal person. But it wasn't until you know um, later in my life, and I'll perhaps come back to that in part three, where um, <clears throat> where God really healed me, and that was a real sort of turning point um, in my life. So so during my thirties, it was a real sort of time where you know I was struggling with this sort of illness. I mean, my my career continued to to grow um, and I think God richly um, blessed that, um, uh, blessed my career and I think you know I was you know one of the things I, I, I feel um, I've, I've always had is a, a gift of giving actually so mm. as I was earning money you know I was giving it away mm. yeah. and I felt God was then um, using that as a as part of my ministry um, within that and 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 also um, the songwriting continued as well because I had lots of things to 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 write about as I was going through different experiences I could then write songs uh, you know around that and that was really a good time in my life. Wow, your your thirties were confusing time because hmm. you had this leukemia thing. You had yeah. a young family that was growing up. Yes. you had a career that was going on the up. Yeah, and you had songwriting and it was just it sounds like there was a lot going on in that time. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have been difficult to do without being ill yeah and yet you were ill like seriously ill for the majority of your 30s do you say it was like most of your 30s yes i mean it went it was i mean it was up till you know we went to columbia um two years ago that's mm. how long it went i mean i think i i felt I, I suppose i started believing i was getting healed here so you know the, the first part of my 30s i was really quite rough you know for about three or four years then it started to get better and better, and I think I, you know, I got into more fitness and things anyway. So I was running half marathons and things as well. And I think just, uh, you know, it it just seemed to get better and better in a way. And I think as as I was trusting God, you know, that healing was already working through. But it, it was a busy time of life. But then, but then that, I'm that sort of person. I like throwing myself into things, and I'm very driven. And that probably got me in, into getting ill in the first mm, place. Yeah. But um, at least, you know, I always thought, no, got to keep going, got to keep going with this. Mm. So I have one one question. Yeah. Um, has God always been real to you? Hmm, that's a very, a very good question. 
I think he has, um, but I would, I would probably say that for a, a good chunk of my life, um, yeah, probably half my life, I felt he was more head knowledge, I would say, maybe even more than half my life. You know, I, I, could, I could read about God. Um, it's only when you go through serious sort of trials in your life that I think he really becomes real and you really appreciate him for, for who he is and, and, and what he's about. So I think for me it's probably as I've got encountered going through um, illnesses and then in the last few years where we've, we've um, had our own bit, small business um, and that's been a, a massive sort of test of faith because you've gone from having a you know a good salary to suddenly you know you may not have a salary for many many months when you've got haven't got work coming in and that again is a real test of of God's um, of goodness you know um, throughout so you, so you do feel that real reality of God I think more when your when your faith is is tested mm. I would say what would you say Richard um, specifically. So, you know, you've gone through the whole leukaemia, you know, financial troubles and mm. stuff like that, and yet you always go back to God. Yeah. What is it specifically about God that just makes you persist with prayer, with uh, write, writing, songwriting, reading the Bible? What, what is it specifically about that? What keeps you motivated to keep going back to Him? I think it's probably <clears throat> because, you know, I, I've experienced how much He loves me. Mm. You know, I think when you go through these... If you didn't go through these trials, you'd, you'd have nothing to to really fall back on. But he he really shows. I mean, he's always he always loves you. But he you really feel his love when you're when you're struggling because then you might be at a really low point or really finding life hard. But I think when you when you read all the promises in in the Bible about who God is and who He says you are, um, you you really experience that. So I I've sort of encountered a God who, you know, it, it's probably taken me a while to. To realise this, but I, I feel like I'm his, you know, his his wonderful son. Um, he's well pleased with all that I I do, um, and you know that that love uh, just continues getting stronger and stronger. I mean, I was only saying to Catherine last week. I feel uh, at this point in time, I'm probably the strongest I've been as a Christian um, in my whole life, and I think that's partly going through all these different journeys of of things in your life, and and just you know you you grow a bit more each time you go through a a problem, an issue. Um, I mean, you could go the other way, but I've always found actually, no. If you if you press into God when it's um, hardest, um, that's the time you you grow the most, actually. Yeah. And um, yeah. <clears throat> I certainly think you know I've I've read through the Bible, uh, you know, a couple of times right, right through the whole the whole of the Bible, and I and I really like getting into it each day. And I think that that and also in in probably latter years getting into really prayer as well has made a huge difference you know it's it's got to be a daily relationship you have with god it can't be a a once a week it, it that just doesn't work you know it's got to you know he's hungry for for you but uh, you know every morning i'm hungry for him as well and i keep that throughout the day and keep bringing things to him i've learned that actually any any small thing whatever it may be you know just bringing it to god changes everything it really does and if you go in your own strength you know, it's not surprising you have a difficult day or you, you struggle because you're just not allowing God to do what he's best at doing when it, it, with his amazing power. Yeah, no, that, wow, that's incredible and also true, you know, about yeah. God. You know, his love is overwhelming, I think. You know, it's just, it's unfathomable to us, you know, because mm. I guess, you know, we're human, we're not perfect and yeah. God is, is perfect. Mm. But, yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop you. Ha! Because I can. <laughs> Let's stop. Let's have a quick break, um, a little toot toot, and then, and then we'll come back for part three. Okay, great.
Okay, that was a great jingle. I love the theme song. Uh, anyway, Richard, let's start part three, the mm -hmm. transformation part, with okay. a question. Uh, you've been baptised twice. I have. Do you want to tell the listeners what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as I said at the beginning, I was brought up in a Church of England church, so I was actually baptised as, as an infant. Mm. But it's, it's slightly different in the Church of England church because you obviously, you know, that, that's done where... You know, with a bit of water as a baby, and it's obviously done by the parents. Just it's like a dedication, really, sort of giving you to to God um, at an early stage. Um, I did actually get confirmed as a as a twelve year old in in the Church of England, which is which is me basically saying yes, I want to be a Christian. I want to give my life to to Him. But it's it's still not quite um, you know the, the baptism of a full immersion, really. You know, you probably get a bit of water on you, but it's not quite the same. And I think, it, yeah, basically I got baptised in 2016 and had the full immersion. And that just somehow seemed to just complete things. It seemed, it, you know, I was thinking, this is quite strange really because, I, you know, perhaps I, I really should have done it earlier. You know, we were in a church um, at Argar where, again, could have had full immersion. But somehow I, I had in my own mind, well, I've done the confirmation, it's all fine. Mm -hmm. But it, of course it says in the Bible, you've got to be, you know, baptised and, and, and repent, or repent and baptised actually in that, that way, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a really great experience and I, I felt that has been special um, to me as part of my, my journey to, to make sure I've gone through that. I, don't, I certainly think it, you know, it, it's been nothing but helpful to, um, to go through that experience. Okay, I, I just want to clarify to any people from the Church of England listening, <laughs> this is Richard's opinion, we're not trying to be controversial. <laughs> no, oh, but there's nothing controversial. <laughs> we all love one another here. Yeah, that's, that's true. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, in terms of transformation... Yes. Like, how how would you say your faith growing, your relationship with God getting to such a good place through the struggles and trials you've gone through, how would you say that has, like, affected your life? Um, <clears throat> hmm. I mean, I certainly, I certainly feel over time uh, I've been able to encounter um, issues um, much better by understanding the Word of God. I think that's really important. So... You know, obviously, when you're going through difficulties, you can you can recall you know words that you've you've read and learned and everything. But I think for me, it's probably um, in some respects been as I've come to LifeSpring Church in the last sort of three and a half years. I've really uh, you know I realised I'd missed a part in my life. It's the whole area of um, practicing the Holy Spirit. You know, that for me was probably one of the biggest um, changes in my life. I mean, I, I had the Holy Spirit living in me as a Christian, but somehow, you know, it the you know, and I had passion as well. I was always sort of keen to, you know, to talk to people about Jesus. But somehow, actually, really practicing it and being myself and being able to, you know, put my hands in the air, jump about, being what God wants me to be, you know, my, myself. That really made a huge difference in terms of um, of how I've um, I live my life. So now I feel you know, I welcome the Holy Spirit into all decisions I'm making in all the parts of what I do. I feel I'm much more passionate now when I worship. Um, I feel it's a, a much stronger relationship somehow because I've 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 released you know the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, yeah, I mean speaking in tongues. You know, I want to I want to be able to you know go on the streets here at Reading and actually heal people, mm. cast out demons, all the things it says in the New Testament because that's really what I feel is is the next stage in my life. I want to I want to be doing. You know, I think I'm I'm beginning to get through the baby steps now with the Holy Spirit. Now it's on to a more advanced level. So I'm really, you know, I think I've had a greater growth almost in the last 
three years than I've had even for the 20-something before, actually. It's amazing the difference that allowing the Holy Spirit to, to take all of that, that Word of God and really um, apply it into your life. It's, it's just a, an amazing how that can take your, your life in a new place. Yeah, um, and it's quite evident in the things that have happened in your life since then, you know. Um, so as we touched on at the beginning of the episode, you released an album. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like yeah. you said, you had so you was you know writing songs and stuff in your spare yeah. time yeah. when you were connecting with God. Do you want mm. to tell a little bit more about that sort of process, like what, how that all come about, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is a sort of is part of the outpouring of of um, of you know Jesus in your life in a way because it it, it allowed a release of um, of uh, um, yeah worship really through mm. through what I was doing. But it's funny enough, actually, that songwriting gift has has been stopped at the moment. I I haven't actually written a song since I, I finished the, the second album I did. I went through a time of, of writing. I went through a, a tricky time sort of five years ago where, again, I was really searching and feeling quite quite down. And I wrote a song about that and then did a couple of more uplifting songs as um, uh, looking really towards... I mean, the last one I actually wrote was one which was all about, um, uh, you know, telling the world about Jesus, really. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the song's called We're Ready to Go. And it's, it's, it's a bit aspirational, but it's really saying, come on, church, you need to be fired up to, to go and live that. And, I mean, since that time, although, you know, I've not had um, the songwriting has stopped, and I'm hoping it's not stopped forever because I, I would love to write you yeah, know, songs just again. just a break, just a break. Um, but then after that, I went to, to Bogota in Colombia, and, um, you know, I really felt the presence of um, the Holy Spirit out, out there. Um, and that was an important part in my life because it, it really sort of changed the way forward for me because... You know that that particular conference I was at, I got I got a full healing uh, of the leukemia, so I was completely free. Um, it was quite strange really because when I got home, um, one of the, the letters in the post was saying, "Oh, you know, dear Mr. Matthews, unfortunately the the blood test you gave us just before Christmas, you know, didn't get processed in time, and so we need you to do it again." I was thinking, "Yes, I want you to do it again because I believe I've been healed." Mm. And sure enough, after a few months, they have to do all, lots of tests and things. I got a letter back from the doctor saying, yeah, it's, it's all gone, it's, mm. it's been cleared. That's so that was a wonderful amazing. answer to prayer. And <clears throat> the funny story was that that particular healing evening in Colombia, um, you know, I said to God, um, will, will you heal uh, the warts on my hands? Because, you know, th- I had these ugly warts on all over my hands, which was part of, I think, having a, a poor immune system for, for a while. And he said, Richard, you know, there's something much bigger that I think you really want, and that's the um, leukaemia. So I prayed for that as well, and um, you know, sure enough, uh, you know, the leukemia um, had you know went. But then God was rich in His blessing because, um, you know, my daughter looked at my hands sort of uh, two or three months later after I'd been healed and said, "Daddy, your your warts have gone." Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, you know, with that healing, also came the healing of my hands as well. And I was every time I look at my hands, you know, I'm grateful for God for healing, um, healing the warts as well as the leukemia. It was just a marvelous year. Um, there. Um, so although the songwriting has stopped, I'm now running a you know a, a cell life group at, um, at Life Spring, and I've got new purpose now. I mean, I'm obviously still in, heavily involved in all the you know the worship and music at the yeah. church, but I'm also you know discipling um, about seven or eight guys as well now as we're moving forward and, and getting heavily involved also in doing evangelism on the streets of Reading. I really feel that's a, again an area of, of passion for me. So there's new things that God brings in, in different seasons of your life. Amazing. Can I ask you to embark on an imagination exercise yeah. with me? Let's all take a second to... Mm, um, 
can you imagine what your life would be like if you hadn't developed your faith and got to this place you're at now? Like, can you imagine what would have happened without God in your life? I think it would have been absolutely terrible. <clears throat> I mean, I'm thankful for, you know, for my parents and my grandparents and, and other family members for putting in that prayer to obviously, you know, really help me stay on track in my in God's plan for my life. You know, and I'm, and I'm very, very grateful because I know that, you know, how much prayer was put in by, particularly by my, my grandmother, um, and, and that had a real influence on me. But I think my life would, it would be awful. It really would be. You know, some of the things I probably would have done as a, as a teenager where perhaps my, my moral compass w was a bit different in those days, I think I probably would have got worse, you know, um, or, or wouldn't have got any better. You know, I would have just been, a, you know, li just plodding along in life, you know, doing what I would want to do, being quite selfish and self-centred. Um, I don't think it would have been a very joyful time, you know, a very joyful life really. And, and, and I really am so grateful for the way God has taken things forward. I'm so happy with my, you know, the family life, the church life, the, the working life, all the things that God's given me to do, I'm really grateful for and I love it just waking up each day and having whatever the joy will be, you know, that he'll give each day. I, I can't imagine what that would, would be like if I didn't have that, it would be awful, you know, and then of course we, we can enjoy eternity of, um, of having this to, uh, you know, this joy with God, um, you know, that, that's great to, to think about that as well, but... Uh, Wonderful, yeah. Alright Richard, you yeah. have a wonderful testimony and a brilliant story and it's been a pleasure to listen to. Would you agree Luke? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so how we like to do these final parts is to ask you um, for anything that we and our listeners can pray for. Anything at this time that you would like prayer for? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, I think it's probably um, you know praying for for the family um, going forward because uh, you know my oldest son Jamie is getting married in I think what, about six and a half weeks. Mm. I think it is now. <laughs> Very soon. Um, yeah, so that's going to take that's going to be quite a change for us in our in our family life because obviously only having you know going down to four with him moving out. He's not going too far, but it, it will just change the dynamics of the family. So that's that's one thing. Um, I think you know a real blessing on our um, business. Um, we've had ups and downs in the first three years of our business, but we really feel that God has given us um, direction of, of what we can do with our business. So really praying that that will, you know, um, that could fulfil the, the purpose that He wants us to do uh, with our business. We may very much see it as His business that we're just the ones managing for. And I think just also finally, um, I've got the goal to you know grow my uh, cell group at church to to twelve guys. Um, we're currently at sort of six, seven at the moment. I really want to take it up to, to that level and really for these guys to grow in their faith as well. So those are the, probably the three things I would, I would say. Mm. So your family life, yep. your cell, which yes. was number three, because number two was... Business. Business. Yes. Business. Mm. Cool. We might even drop it. Do you have a website? We do. We can drop a link to the website in our show notes for anyone listening and interested. Okay, thank so you. So we'll do that. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Richard, for sharing your testimony, your walk with God this week. It's been, as we said before, absolutely incredible just to hear your story. I've heard it before. Um, I've heard it a bit more in depth tonight. And yeah, just thank you very much. 
Um, to our listeners out there, if you want to get in contact with us, as we said at the beginning of the episode, you can. We have a Facebook page, just search Our Walk. Twitter, at Our Walk Pod. And you can email us at ourwalkpod at gmail.com. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>